Welcome to the Women on Fire podcast. We're on a mission to help you have your best menopause and rest of your life. I'm your host, Jenna Moore. I'm an accredited integrative health and menopause coach, and I've studied nutritional awareness, women's hormones through a functional medicine lens, and explored various modalities, including breathwork, mindset, and positive psychology. Join me and my guests as we discuss how to navigate the natural life transition of menopause and growing older. From waistlines, waning libidos and what to wear now we're over 40, we discuss it all. Women on Fire is sponsored by Men Me, a New Zealand-based Australasian company by women for women. Men Me specialises in scientifically validated all-natural supplements so you can experience freedom in menopause. Today our guest is the lovely Dr. Mariana Janich. She is a GP, cosmetic physician. She also specialises in medical laser treatment, vaginal issues such as vaginal trophy, vaginal prolapse and stress incontinence. She joins us today after first introducing the vaginal medical laser procedures to Melbourne, Australia. Since then, she has introduced it into New Zealand, where she now resides. Welcome, Dr. Mariana. Thank you. It's great to have you and your expertise, because I know Thanks. you specialize in women's health and you introduced to Australia amazing medical laser procedures, which you've also now introduced to New Zealand. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I know it's going to help so many women. Yes, yes, I am very positive about that and hopeful, you know, that we can um, share the information about this innovative and um, very effective treatment for such common and annoying conditions. Such as? Such as. Do you want to start with the most embarrassing one that no one wants to talk about? Yes. Yes, stress Please. urinary incontinence. And it's very common, isn't it? And there are two types, right? Urge incontinence and stress incontinence. Yes. Can you explain the differences between those? Sure. Uh, look, stress urinary incontinence in essence is a result of some form of pelvic floor damage and dysfunction. So most commonly um, the cause for this dysfunction is through uh, childbirths, um, increased risk with the multiple births, increased risk with any form of um, trauma, and then adding on to that is obviously the changes that women go through, um, well, through our whole life. You know, we go from having a pregnancy, uh, delivering babies, hormonal changes, and then ending up, you know, with um, very commonly, you know, having to do heavy lifting with these children, um, gaining some weight through menopause, and menopause brings additional issues with the lack of estrogen. And for me, um, this is um, probably, you know, I, I approach this issue from my background of years of general practice where the woman will come, and if they share how embarrassing it is to have to worry where the toilets are, leaking the urine with some simple activities like laughing, coughing, sneezing, being unable to 
actually participate in a sport, sporting activities due to fear of embarrassment if they leak urine, avoiding those activities, which doesn't help them because then that contributes to um, anxiety and to weight gain, not being able to play with the children. You know, I, time and time again, women talk about, you know, I can't jump on a trampoline. And that, you know, becomes for some of the women almost the way of life. You know, they think my bladder is weak. They don't think for one second, wait, there is something wrong with my bladder and I should go and see a doctor and I should find out what can be done because there certainly are things that can be done. So that's why I'm expanding a little bit because that is probably um, having a more psychological impact in women's life, uh, notwithstanding that urging continence happens for a different reason. It can happen again due to some muscle damage or some damage in their nervous system. So these women often have issues where they have to get to the bathroom and we use that analogy of rushing through the door with the bags in your hands, key in your hands, opening the door and then not making it in time to get to a bathroom. Uh, a large number of these can be, you know, addressed differently because often behind them is another condition called overactive bladder. And the overactive bladder uh, is condition that we treat by retraining the bladder and also with medication. But it is not uncommon to have a combination of a little bit of both. But specifically where, you know, laser treatments can help would be um, with the stress urinary incontinence. Right. Okay. Can you tell me why or tell us why declining estrogen affects the bladder? Sure. And the vagina? Mm. Yes. So, look, the story goes, like I said at the beginning, um, depending on the difference in our life um, events as a woman, whether we had a babies, whether we had multiple babies. And most of the time, we will see some problem with the pelvic floor um, dysfunction by the time we reach menopause. means we have some weakening in that pelvic bonding structure area. And we do or not do the pelvic floor exercises and have that addressed earlier. But when it comes to our tissues, you know, these vaginal tissue throughout our life are supplied with an abundance of um, nutrients through a good microcirculation. And the glands that um, support those tissues in the mucosa with a lot of lubrication and with a lot of hydration. That starts declining with our age and it does start declining um, as we lose the estrogen and other hormones that we normally produce. And for some women can be quite dramatic if they had the both ovaries removed. So hormonal factors there are great. And you're literally seeing a thinning 
like these cells are dry and thinner. And this is what happens during menopause. So we are not having healthy tissues there anymore. And that brings us to that um, subject of what we often refer as a vaginal atrophy or genitourinary syndrome of a menopause because now we have a twofold problems. We have vaginal tissue that are not healthy anymore. So the woman will start experiencing problems such as physically feeling dry, which can present as a burning sensation, which can be uncomfortable during the day, they can also, through that experience, recurrent urine infections. And when it comes to sexual activity, it becomes almost impossible, you know, because it's uncomfortable and there can be some bleeding associated with that. So we now have to take care of these tissues. And, you know, we forget that a lot of women um, might get there because they had a Uh, chemotherapy, or they have some uh, immune conditions such as diabetes, or, you know, they can have problems with um, another uh, Sjogren syndromes where we simply have actually immune um, system, you know, turning onto our own cells that produce tears and mucus and saliva. So all of that now, you know, you have limitation to how many of these conditions can you treat with your estrogen creams. And where you can, women will usually report improvement and safely can continue, you know, after initial two weeks of treatment using the estrogen cream or pessaries twice a week. And being careful by using lubricants before the sexual activity and avoiding things such as soaps in their, you know, body hygiene. In in fact, I have to say this is not a product placement, you know. This is just something that I use and I wanted to say to women, um, it is important that we look what we use on our body and that is not something that will dry our skin and dehydrate our skin further. Um, we do that for our faces. We forget about our vaginas, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes, so if you have someone who now has thin vaginal tissue, weak pelvic floor, the ultimate risk here is vaginal prolapse because that can be more noticeable. And, you know, we can't control what sort of intra-abdominal pressure we will have over time, but often it's a weight gain that, you know, presents highest risk. But if you have a little bit of that stress urinary incontinence, you know, where you lose the urine and there is increase of pressure in there, it becomes really, really um, complicated to treat. It requires multidisciplinary approach. Oh, is that right? Because prolapse, what's the difference between atrophy and prolapse? Well, vaginal atrophy describes the state of the tissue. So our vaginal mucosal tissue inside the vagina and the state of these you know, tissue surrounding vagina and the pelvic fascia because through the changes, we also lose the collagen and elastin, you know. We use them because of hormonal changes and aging, but we also lost them through some damage to pelvic floor. So these two changes can over time 
uh, create an environment where our organs such as bladder or our womb, uterus, or even, you know, our bowels can now move from their original places where they're structurally sitting and prolapse through that vaginal wall. Oh. oh. And, yes, so that is... um, you know, that is very commonly, you know, most likely reason why any woman um, who had multiple births and children may end up requiring a surgery in her lifetime. Wow. I mean, I haven't had vaginal prolapse myself, but I've heard it can feel like a dragging down or... Yes, look... A number of symptoms, you know, that, again, if you're not aware, you might recognize. One is constipation, the weakness with that evacuation of uh, bowel, or in a more advanced bladder, even difficulties to um, pass urine, you know, because the bladder might compress, you know, the opposite of leaking the urine. Um, And then, you know, yes, you can feel some sort of vaginal um, discomfort and that heavy feeling, you know. My patients will commonly report that after, let's say, they move the house and they've done quite a bit of heavy lifting, you know, and now they're in a shower and they suddenly feel something just slipped and they can sometimes feel it or just have that dragging heavy feeling that can give them um, lower abdominal pain, lower back pain. Um, All of these can be symptoms and signs that your pelvic organs are moving Wow. In that lower direction. In saying that, a large number of women will just naturally through aging had that grade one to two pelvic floor prolapse and not be aware of that, you know. And those might be the women who have uh, very strong pelvic floor muscles and they're not actually feeling it because they do have that bonding structure support, maybe they're not getting constipated as much, they're not sort of carrying extra weight. So it can be asymptomatic for a lot of women. A lot of women might not feel much. Oh, really? Because pelvic pelvic organ prolapse does not always necessarily goes with a really bad vaginal atrophic symptoms. You know, it's a sort of continuum and you might get more of one than the other, depending on your, you know, individual case, um, how your symptoms might present. Wow, that's so interesting. So it's kind of all interlinked. So your um, laser treatment yes. can help with all of these things? To a degree, yes. We have indications to all of this that I mentioned, you know, whether we um, are going to address the issue of stress urinary incontinence or the genitourinary syndrome of menopause or very early signs of prolapse and the vaginal um, relaxation syndrome where what that describes is after you had um, multiple deliveries, you know, what can happen through a process because vagina has to expand, dilate to allow the passage of the baby and the birth. Um, and sometimes, you know, you might not have the things going back in the state they were before, you know, pregnancy and 
childbirth. So some women will also feel some sense of laxity in their vagina and it might affect, you know, their um, sexual relationship with a partner because they will feel less friction themselves and the partners as well. So that all describes the fact that we have some changes in a tissue of this vaginal wall, loss loss of collagen, loss of elastin. Um, So that is also an indication for the treatment because the laser that I use in my practice is um, using the light in a form of the phototermal energy. It is an erbium yeg laser with a strong, um, you know, affection for water and the water is on the superficial skin cells. So what we have um, in comparison to some other laser and some other radiofrequency treatment, we have this very precise delivery of this energy on a surface in a what we refer to non-ablative mode. So we are not compromising the surface of the vaginal mucosa. We're not ablating, we're not cutting, we're not burning. We are literally delivering um, the energy in a form of heat, phototermal. And I know a lot of my patients, when they first come, are interested, you know, does it hurt? Um, While you will feel some sensation during treatment, it doesn't hurt because your vaginal environment is moist. It's not like our skin, which is dry, where we can feel the same energy a lot more than in a vagina. And as we deliver this energy, what happens to our body, to our cells, is two things. One thing is we already have collagen and elastin in our tissues, in the skin, in the bones, in the muscles. And sometime in a vaginal uh, mucus, this collagen and elastin have been disturbed through all the changes we were talking about, some of which can also be the surgery, you know, um, hysterectomy and some other procedures that a woman can have. So when you deliver the energy in a form of heat to a safe, in a safe, controlled manner, your tissues recognize that as a, some form of um, indication that something has happened and I need to start a healing process here. So we call that process collagen remodeling. We have the existing collagen and elastin um, literally getting shorter and stronger through that. And also we stimulate fibroblasts to deliver new collagen. And that, yes, and that is a really important factor, which brings me back to what I was saying about choosing your patients correctly, because someone at the age of 40 has way more ability to produce collagen than somebody at the age of 70. And it's simple fact, and this is why we see the aging process, is because over time we lose that capacity to produce collagen and elastin, and that lovely supple skin might, you know, over time develop more crevices and wrinkles, and, you know, if you add to that on a face sun damage, 
and in a body like a vaginal area big one is smoking oh really for the vagina absolutely well what happens with the smoking one is that you do not deliver oxygen to these cells as well. So those already cells changing with a loss of hormone, if you're now attacking them, you know, with all of this negative impact of smoking, um, you're just contributing to faster aging because it damages that existing collagen and elastin. And we need that existing collagen and elastin there because that is what our laser is going to work with. And by strengthening the tissue in vaginal canal and in the surrounding endopelvic fascia, you know, between your bladder and urethra and your pelvic floor, um, we are really increasing the support. And we are rejuvenating the tissues inside vaginal canal. And so we now are seeing improvement in all of these conditions, you know, we having ability um, for a woman who has stress urinary continence to hold on, you know, and not leak that urine. And some of my patients told me part of a problem why they feel, you know, attempted, um, uh, uh, they attempted to do pelvic floor exercises, but they couldn't feel their muscles. So when you strengthen the tissues around, they can feel the muscles more. There is more likely chance that they will hold on with these muscles and not leak urine during some of these episodes like a coughing and sneezing. And in addition to that, because we are actually treating the area around that urethral um, opening, you know, where the urine comes on, because we're strengthening the tissue around, we're not having that point of weakness, and that helps us. When it comes to vaginal atrophy, we are naturally now increasing the trophism of the cells, so the women report they're more lubricated naturally, and they have less symptoms of dryness, they have more comfortable sexual intercourse, and they have less symptoms of urinary tract infection and all that recurrent, uh, more also urinary urgency. And, you know, going on further, because again, we're working on vaginal canal, um, we are having the reports of more firmness. So the woman whose main symptom may have been vaginal laxity will say, I feel firmer, I can feel generally more. And all of that is a result of what that phototermal energy does on our connective and, and mucosal tissue. Wow, so it makes it tighter, juicier, and stronger. Absolutely. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And does it hurt? No, you said no, it doesn't. Look, I say no. It's interesting. Last week I had a patient who had her first treatment and I always say to my patient, first treatment is the worst one because you really don't know what to expect. And I must admit one of the things that you will say to your patient is, if you feel anything, please lift your hand um, and I will stop and we will check. And she had absolutely 
no symptoms. Now she is a younger woman, and so I didn't expect her to have many symptoms because, like I mentioned, the more hydrated the vaginal tissues are, you know, the less likely you are feel you feeling the heat. Um, the next day, when I called her, she also reported not to have. Um, any symptoms, you know, apart from feeling maybe just slight tingle as she was going to the toilet, but that was probably lasting for 24 hours and that passed. Now, I have to say, if you are someone who does suffer with um, moderately severe vaginal atrophy, we have the adapted protocol. You know, we're not treating all these conditions with the same protocol. Therefore, we have a gentle approach and, you know, we might uh, treat you for a shorter period of time, give a little break, then treat. And then when you come for your second treatment, we are expecting that we, you would have noticed some improvement. And we know we have already delivered this energy to the skin. So the process has started. Not that we'll expect all of symptoms to go away, but a second and third treatment are usually a lot more comfortable if they weren't at the start. So I would still say no. <laughs> I don't think. Being someone who had this treatment, I would say no. Right. So from what you're saying then, you need a series of treatments and the time between a treatments would be variable depending on yes. how plump, how, how much. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, absolutely. Look, Two main factors here are the younger person will develop collagen faster. They simply have more collagen and they have ability to generate new collagen quicker. So our protocol usually states four weeks between treatments. It is in my practice, personal practice, um, that I ask my patients who are probably mid-50 to mid-60s, to come after six weeks. There is no other reason but to give their body a little bit extra time to develop collagen. Each patient will have to have a free treatment, and it's a quite standard protocol in um, when we're using laser. You know, it's evidence-based. It's trying to capture every single fibroblast, you know, and make sure that we treated whole area adequately. But bearing in mind that by third treatment, we've probably reached our plateau to how many cells we treated. So that is the reason why we wouldn't continue with a fourth or fifth or sixth treatment unless we were treating um, patients with prolapse in a clinical setting of a research. Um, We may then just try and see whether the additional treatments may help there. Um, And the other thing, and I think it's really important with all the treatments that are performed with the laser, um, women should be aware that needs to be performed by a doctor. If you're going into a clinic and you are assessed by a laser technician or a nurse without any presence, examination by a doctor or delivery of this treatment by a doctor, you shouldn't do it. These are medical transvaginal treatment. These are not vaginal rejuvenation treatments. You know, they their role is treatments of a medical conditions. So you have to be seen by a doctor, assessed by a doctor. Um, there have to be a certain number of um, 
tests that we will sometimes perform to rule out, particularly when we have cases of mixed urinary incontinence, you know, we need to know that we're treating the right condition, you know. Number one, to make sure that we do, you know, best by our patient. And number two, that, you know, patients have to pay for these treatments. So you would not want to treat someone and not um, have them see the results of your treatment. Yes, I understand. That's amazing. There's nothing else really you can do to increase that collagen. You can do your um, eating healthy and things, but certainly things like taking a collagen supplement or anything is not going to cut the mustard, is it? Look, the evidence is not there, and I believe in part is that some of these supplements, no matter which way we, you know, sort of ingest them, will be partially degraded by the acid in our stomach. I certainly don't know of any uh, positive link of taking collagen um, orally by mouth and having improvement in vaginal area that we're today discussing. I think you're correct. Look, I believe that most important thing would be for a woman that may have a family history of um, connective tissue disorders, like I mentioned, um, that might have diabetes, that might have a strong history where first-degree relatives like a sister or mother have had bad prolapses. I think the decision needs to be made before they start their family. Would it be beneficial that they are assessed by the gynecologist? and advise to perhaps go ahead and have cesarean um, section, not have the vaginal oh, deliveries. Really? So yeah. that's, that is one thing how we can prevent right. this. Um, the second thing is certainly the lifestyle. You know, we do need to know that if we're doing um, heavy lifting in the gym, even if we have a woman that didn't have a baby, that can still in some cases affect and weaken the pelvic floor. So if a woman like that notices that after a year or two of these intensive exercises, she has started noticing some urine leaking, she needs to pause, stop, reduce those heavy weightlifting exercises, swap them with something else, like maybe Pilates or something, and certainly be assessed. Because then if we have a woman like that, Having a baby, vaginal delivery, as I said, you know, not being aware at all what can happen Mm. and how to prevent it, it is the risk. Um, It's questionable, you know, whether we would want everyone to have, you know, cesarean section. Certainly not. But I do know that the women who have had cesarean section um, have a less risk of pelvic floor prolapse and and stress urinary incontinence. So I think one of the ways, you know, that I like to counsel women in my practice is if you had a baby and it was a big baby, prolonged delivery, you do feel things didn't return back as quick as expected. Have a laser treatment. It's a very low risk procedure. Um, it's a very safe in, in that way if we regard it as a, you know, what kind of a risk you're bringing to uh, the woman um, having these procedures. And I'm talking about photona laser because it's a 
the only one that has a clinical evidence, you know, that of success rate up to 90%. So if we can see this woman before she goes and has the second baby and a third baby, and we help her in some way strengthen, you know, those connective tissues and supportive tissues in pelvic floor, we send her off to work with a physiotherapist because I also want to emphasize that physiotherapy has to become, you know, no matter what, every woman should just exercise their pelvic floor. We just have to, you know, this is a good habit, good for our health, will not harm us in any way, and it can help us in a way we can't even imagine can be a problem later in our life. So, you know, again, prevention for this younger woman. The second step is if you finished your family and you're in the mid-40s and you do have a first sign of these symptoms, please, please, please come and reach to us in perimenopause. Have the assessment. Go and see a GP. Make sure that everything else is actually fine and this is just, you know, pelvic floor damage or something that we can treat with a laser, you know, and have that while you still have your estrogen, while you still have, you know, lots of collagen in there we can work with because you will then minimize, you know, the problems during menopause and later. Wow. So, um, as so often happens, prevention is better than cure, isn't it? Yeah. So we've come to the end of our time together. I can't believe it. Very I just, good. I did want to ask you just quickly, you can treat midlife snoring as well, can't you, for women? Because yes. with midlife, women can begin to snore, can't they? Which can be quite distressing. Absolutely. Look, one of the indications for treatment with a photona a laser called night laser um, addresses the issue where we have a what we like to say low-lying soft tissue. Think about your soft palate. Oh, really? Because with the same principle, you know, that we can actually tighten and lift those tissues and open up the airways. So one of the first thing that I do with my patients, we assess according to something called Malampati score to see how much of that soft uh, palate can we see when they open their mouth for a simple, you know, examination with a spatula like you do when you go to see a doctor for uh, sore throat or some other conditions. And if we can see that there is a really um, long tissue there, not very visualize the passage of the air um, can definitely be diminished. We have more visual evidence that this treatment can work. Saying that, we do need to make sure that the patients are not snoring because they have some nasal problems, such as nasal polyps. And unfortunately, um, being overweight, BMI over 32 or obese, becomes um, a contraindication for the treatment, just based on the fact that we might not guarantee the success if there is a lot of, you know, expanded tissues with the fat um, cells in there, they might not respond to laser treatment as well as when we just treat the soft palate tissue by itself. 
Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. So as a woman yourself. Yes. And a woman who works with women, <laughs> is there an overarching, I guess, piece of advice, considering what you specialize in, that you would give to a woman who's experiencing any stage of perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause? Yes. And that would be, please don't be embarrassed. So many of us have this problem. So many of us um, will simply spend the rest of our life having to have a pad in our panties, having to look where the bathroom is, having to be slightly anxious, you know, if we're coughing or sneezing. But there is nothing wrong with that. The only thing that is wrong is that we don't find out what is exactly that we're having. Please don't neglect. It's a part of your um, health assessment. You know, any woman coming to me after the age of 40 or even earlier if they had a baby, these are the normal questions we would ask as a GPs. And we will address them for you. And like I mentioned, the only reason is because I find that it is having such a negative impact on women's mental health, you know, on their anxiety, um, you know, even sleeping, you know, where they, if you have to get up three, four times at night to go to bathroom, that is not normal. That can be addressed. And in cases of overactive bladder, which we don't treat with a laser, a simple bladder retraining and medication can help. And in a large number of the woman, you know, I know when we talk about laser, a lot of women will say, mm, no, thank you, you know, not for me, something from Star Wars, not interested. Um, <laughs> or, quite frankly, there will be um, situations where it's a cost prohibitive because it's not funded. Um, but just a pelvic floor exercises with the trained pelvic floor physio, 65 to 75% of women will see improvement in their symptoms just by doing that. And lastly, think about coffee, think about tea. If you're already having these things, then a decaf coffee or tea or even better herbal tea and a simple, beautiful New Zealand fresh water is a little sacrifice, you know, not saying don't have a glass of wine <laughs> here and there, but <laughs> a coffee and tea do contribute to urinary urgency and hot chocolates, sadly, which I like. Um, yeah. So, yes, I'm just thinking, let's, let's stand up and say, hey, look, I do matter. I should be feeling good. You know, if I was living in Okinawa, believing till 90 or 100, I'm not going to be getting this, you know, in a way of me enjoying, you know, playing with my children and grandchildren and participating in the activities which will then help me health-wise in a number of ways, thousands of ways. Cheers to that. That's such good advice. I thank love it. you. So thank you so much for being with us today. Now, do you still work in Australia as well as New Zealand? Or, uh, like, how can people get in touch with you? Okay, look, I have permanently moved um, with my family, my husband here um, to Auckland. I'm currently working and offering these treatments and laser is based in Auckland, in Rimuera. I work in um, collaboration with a plastic surgeon, female plastic surgeon, Dr. Kasia McKenzie. Um, so, yes, to contact me... Um, 
you can um, find my website. That's very simple, drmj.co.nz, which will have the details and my number. I still teach um, doctors in Australia on the subject of um, vaginal transvaginal lasers and use of lasers because, you know, the more doctors are able to offer this treatment safely, the better for our patients in Australia and New Zealand. But I work here in New Zealand. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it and rate it because it helps other women join the conversation. If you'd like to learn more about Menomi, check us out at menomi.co.nz. Menomi.